The number one classical orchestra in the Czech Republic is gearing up to tour Taiwan this October. The Prague Philharmonia will visit around the Double Ten Festival in their first trip to the country. The mayor of Prague has spoken up to promote the tour, pointing out that it comes after the previously planned tour in China was canceled as a sanction after the mayor expressed friendliness toward Taiwan. It seems that pro-Taiwan Czechs are keen to bring their culture to Formosa, even if it generates Chinese opprobrium. A rousing classical tune rings out from the musicians of the Prague Philharmonia. They are coming to Taiwan for the first time this Double Ten holiday. Almost 100 musicians will join the tour across the country, giving classical music fans a world-class treat. Prague Philharmonia had to face a lot of difficulties not linked to music. Their tour in mainland China was cancelled due to political reasons, and then the COVID pandemic got in the way and caused further delays. <laughs> The first stirrings of the tour came back in 2019 when Zenya Krib, the mayor of Prague, visited Taiwan with his entourage and publicly expressed his friendliness toward Taiwan. But he didn't expect that China would soon retaliate by cancelling an upcoming performance by the number one Czech orchestra. But finally, at this point, these brilliant musicians from Prague are ready to play some of the finest pieces of classical music for music fans in Taiwan. So enjoy and many greetings from Prague. Czech friends of Taiwan are apparently willing to double down on their goodwill no matter the pressure from Beijing. A Lithuanian lifestyle festival is coming to Taiwan. The festival will feature a large range of Lithuanian goods, especially food products. The festival launch was supported by diplomats from Lithuania and Taiwan to promote the bilateral friendship between the two nations. The department store hosting the festival says it will pursue a high sales volume to combat the rising costs of international trade. Two-tone honey and Sakotis tree cake. These are just some of the fabulous culinary specialties from Lithuania on show at the festival. The event aims to strengthen friendship between the two countries by giving Taiwanese shoppers a chance to sample new products. In the last two years, Taiwan and Lithuania have had much cooperation in many different ways, from intergovernmental cooperation to business-to-business -business cooperation. We hope that Lithuanian products will become a part of our daily family life. With uh, our cooperation, with our friendship, and, uh, and I think uh, we are already achieving a lot, and a lot of things are already in the very near future. Taiwan's friendship with Lithuania has boosted bilateral trade lately. Taiwanese people may not be able to travel to Lithuania, but now they can easily sample Lithuanian delicacies. However, the recent weakening of the new Taiwan dollar down to more than 31 against the greenback does mean costs are rising for importers, and that puts pressure on trade. Importing from Europe or from Lithuania is a long journey, whether by air or by sea. We still have to use air freight for lots of cargo, and in some cases refrigeration, so the import costs are comparatively high. We will continue to coordinate with manufacturers. In the past, we would receive a shipment perhaps once a week. Now we will receive two shipments a week. We will try to suppress rising costs by pursuing a high sales volume so we can maintain the original price until that's really impossible. 
These days, it seems the price of almost everything is rising. Retailers and manufacturers are doing their best to keep prices down by using their best marketing strategies. Taiwan reported 28,210 local COVID cases on Monday, a number slightly higher than last week. The CECC says the current wave will likely peak between this Wednesday and next Wednesday. Health officials say Moderna's next-gen COVID vaccines will roll out as early as September 24th for eligible groups. In addition, shots against the seasonal flu will become available on October 1st. They say members of the public can receive the two shots if one go if they wish. With flu season fast approaching, some medical experts say Taiwan should allow the general public access to rapid tests that detect the seasonal flu. Let's hear the CECC. Our public health measures are not that strict now, so this year's flu season may hit a bit harder than last year or the year before. So I would advise everyone to get vaccinated against the flu, be it as part of a government inoculation program or by paying out of pocket. When deciding whether you have the flu or COVID, an approach that can be used now can take advantage of the fact that rapid tests for COVID can be accessed easily. So first you test for COVID. If that's negative, then you can go to a hospital to get tested for the seasonal flu or get treatment for the flu. The CECC also responded to reports that the government was considering lifting all border restrictions and quarantines starting October 31st. Health officials stated that considerations were being made to eventually lift quarantines but that no date has yet been set. They added that the government would give plenty of advance notice once a decision has been made. And now we head to New Taipei to meet Dinosaur Dad. This fall, a pair of young twins in the city have been finding it difficult to adjust to first grade. Their dad was not sure how to help until they made a request he was happy to agree to. Every day, he dresses as a fun character to take them to school, and on his way, all his neighbors can enjoy the game as well. A minion saunters down the street, swaying from side to side. But why would this cute little guy be outside of a theme park? This is just a normal street near a school in New Taipei's Linkou District. Since he appeared, everyone thinks that going to school is a really cute experience. What's the minion doing waiting at the school gate? Well, 33-year-old dad, Mr. Zhang, decided to adopt the character to help his children overcome their reluctance to go to school. They were finding it hard to adapt to school. They could just go to school at 9 a.m. in the place where we lived before. But now they don't really want to go to school. They're always dragging their feet. It's these little twins who just started grade one and are finding it hard to get on with school. They asked their dad if he could dress up as a dinosaur to take them to school. And Mr. Zhang was happy to oblige. He puts on a different costume each morning, a minion, a dinosaur, or a Charizard. The most valuable part of it is not that they're happy to go to school. It's that I'm happy to take them inside every day, and I enjoy that time with them. As a man, I have to fulfill my commitments. Putting on the elaborate costumes is not that easy. After his walk to school, Zhang comes home dripping in sweat, but with a big smile on his face. The school's principal thinks it's a great initiative. It's good for the students. I think it's wonderful. A ferocious Charizard trundles into view, but not to worry. Inside, it's just dear old dad. The kids gather round with excitement. 
One twin grabs the dragon's tail with a grin. The other wants to hold dad's hand. As they head home for today, it looks like school wasn't so scary after all. The recent tremors in Taiwan have captured headlines all around the world and have especially resonated with residents in earthquake-prone Japan. The singer of Taiwanese punk rock band FireX, currently in Japan, says he has received many messages of concern from Japanese fans. During a concert in Tokyo on Sunday, he thanked the people of Japan for their care and attention. Let's hear what he said. We really miss Tokyo. <laughs> Thanks for your coming. Arigato. I received messages from my family informing me that they were safe and well, but I also received a lot of messages from friends all around Japan right after the earthquake, asking if I was alright. Perhaps they forgot that I'm in Japan right now. But I still thought it was very heartwarming. Thank you all. Over on Japanese social media, keywords including Taiwan earthquake and is Taiwan okay were trending on Twitter on Sunday. It just goes to show that Japan is willing to help should Taiwan need it, just as Taiwan helped Japan after the 2011 Tohoku earthquake. President Tsai Ing-wen on Monday offered apologies to the commissioners of Taidong and Hualien for failing to speak with them during disaster relief efforts the day before. Tsai had visited the Central Emergency Operations Center on Sunday night to oversee operations in the wake of the strongest earthquake to hit Taidong in 49 years. She gave an address to the team at the center but did not speak with the two commissioners as had been expected. The president said the incident was a result of poor communication with staff who were busy attending to dealing with the aftermath of the earthquake. President Tsai Ing-wen on Monday met the delegation that represented Taiwan at this year's World Police and Fire Games. She thanked them all for their hard work. We saw disasters occurring all around the country. Our police officers and firefighters responded immediately, devoting themselves to disaster relief operations. When there is a natural disaster, the hardest work is that work carried out by first responders. On behalf of the whole country, I would like to express my deepest gratitude to you all for all your hard work. This past weekend, Taidong experienced its strongest earthquake in 49 years. Upon learning of the incident, Tai gave an address to the nation, and Premier Su Zhenchang headed to the Central Emergency Operations Center. The central government launched rescue operations, and the Ministry of National Defense established a command center to assist with relief measures. At 8 p.m. on Sunday, President Tsai herself went to the Central Emergency Operations Center to hear debriefings from the relevant agencies. The KMT commissioners of Hualien and Taidong, Xu Zhengwei and Rao Tingling have protested Tsai's actions, saying that she left the operations center after giving a speech and did not speak with them via teleconference as expected. It was quite regrettable yesterday that there was no communication with the president and the premier. I hope it was just a misunderstanding. Last night, I went to the Central Emergency Operations Center. Our staff was very busy and may not have communicated well enough. So that may have been some shortcomings that resulted in me not being able to speak with the two country commissioners and the rescue teams. I hereby would like to apologize to both county commissioners and the disaster relief teams in Hualien and Taidong. Moving forward, we still have a lot of work to do, and central and local governments will work together to ensure normalcy is restored as soon as possible. 
The president says she is keeping a close eye on disaster response operations as Premier Su stays in Hualien overseeing relief work. The 6.8 earthquake that rattled Taiwan on Sunday afternoon left one person dead and dozens injured. It also resulted in significant material damage, derailed trains, warped railway tracks, and collapsed road bridges. The Tembler even toppled a residential building in Hualien's early township, trapping people inside, all of whom have since been rescued. The Central Weather Bureau warns that more aftershocks may be felt in coming days. This drone footage shows the extent of the damage at Gaoliao Bridge in Hualien's Uli Township. Workers at a nearby quarry had parked their dump trucks under the bridge. Fortunately for them, the bridge collapsed on the other side, sparing more than 10 trucks from damage. At the time the earthquake struck, a scooter with two riders and a small truck with one driver had been on the bridge. The two vehicles were thrust onto the riverbed as the bridge collapsed, and the driver of the truck was left trapped in her vehicle for some time. The three were rescued moments later and sent to the hospital with minor injuries. Over at Hualien's Dongli railway station, a concrete canopy over the platform collapsed with the earthquake on Sunday. It struck a Zichang Limited Express train which was passing the station, derailing six of the train's cars. Transport Minister Wang Guocai on Monday headed to the area to inspect the damages. He says the railway tracks have been deformed in 11 spots and won't be fixed until September 25th. However, train services will take a little longer to return to normal operations, as bridges on the system have to undergo structural repairs. Over in the mountains of Yuli Township, a road on Chika Mountain was damaged shutting down traffic in the area. In nearby Fuli Township, more than 400 people were left stranded on the mountains after a landslide cut access to and from Liu Shui Mountain. The road goes about 6 kilometers up. We're at the 3.5 kilometer spot. The excavator has been digging since it arrived to clear the road and rescue the 400 people stuck at the top. We have five excavators working on this at the same time. They've been sent up the mountain to clear all the debris. Fuli Township and the Suhua Improvement Engineering Office worked together for more than 20 hours to clear passage. All people affected have since been able to leave the area. Perhaps the most striking rescue operation was that of a building that collapsed in Yuli Township. Rescue teams entered the ruins in search of survivors. A girl cries out and a team of rescuers gather to pull her out. As fast as possible, they rescue her through a small gap. After the rescue operations, a crew cleared the wreck through the night. The owner of the building had initially raised objection, saying he had valuables in the rubble. In the end, he agreed to a full demolition. The Central Weather Bureau says more aftershocks may shake the area in coming days. Residents in eastern Taiwan are advised to stay alert in case another big one hits. Another powerful earthquake struck Taiwan on Monday morning, this time with epicenter in Hualien's Zhuoshi Township. Seismologists say the magnitude 5.9 quake was just one of dozens of aftershocks of a 6.8 earthquake that struck Taidong on Sunday afternoon. They say that since Taiwan already has experienced eight earthquakes with magnitudes of at least six this year, 2023 could be a calmer year, seismically speaking. 
People flee Chinri Elementary School in Hualien as landslides rush down from the mountain opposite the school's playground, taking onlookers by surprise. Taidong's Guanshan and Chishang townships were struck by two earthquakes with magnitudes above six over the weekend, followed by continuous aftershocks. Then on Monday, Hualien's Zhuoxi township was the epicenter of a magnitude 5.9 earthquake. The Weather Bureau seismologists say more large earthquakes are unlikely in the short term. I think that these concentrated aftershocks should be nearly over. Already they aren't so frequent anymore. Also, I think the chances of another large aftershock are quite low. Experts say Taiwan is currently in a period of heightened seismic activity. In Taiwan, the year 1999 recorded 15 earthquakes with a magnitude of at least 6. That's the most recorded in one year. That's followed by 1951 with 13 big quakes, and this year with 8 recorded so far. However, if history is any indicator, next year should see an obvious reduction in seismic activity. We've already had 8 large-scale quakes this year, so this has dissipated most of that built-up energy. So I'm hopeful that next year will be fairly quiet. The weekend's large earthquakes in Taidong occurred along a fault line under the central mountain range that was not previously a focus of attention. Researchers have now discovered dense seismic zones on the eastern side of the mountain range. The fault line under the central mountain range is on the west side of the rift valley. That means it slopes eastward but it doesn't reach the surface, so seismologists didn't list it as an active fault. Researchers say this type of blind thrust fault may cause large earthquakes, even though it is not exposed on the surface. They also advise paying more attention to similar faults in Jiayi County and Tainan, which is a potential high-risk area given how seldom the faults there release energy.